Let's also, before your Walker. time, there was a little craze. Ted Turner pro- propagated it where he was colorizing movies, yeah. right? Yeah. And the joke was, there was a joke going around that said, hey, yeah, did you hear that Ted Turner wants to colorize the first 10 minutes of Wizard of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> it's called the MacGuffin Report. Movies, TV, American culture. You in? From L.A., the MacGuffin Report. Produced by Inclusive Media. Okay, here we go. Ready? One word, one word to sum up this year's Oscars. Uh, Satisfying. Oh, good. Deserved. Deserved, okay. Well, I'm going to go with parody. Uh, the R-I-T-Y. Yes, R-I-T-Y. <laughs> because, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain that really quick. In one uh, word. It was great because, um, you know, I couldn't watch the thing, but my, my, my daughter, who's suddenly addicted to the Oscars for some reason, I have no idea why, um, kept like coming in and telling us, oh, so-and-so just won this. So That's so cute. And it was great because that. the first hour, hour and a half, it was one for, you know, one for Marriage Story, one for 1917, one for Jojo Rabbit. It was really nice and even. Like, mm-hmm. like almost everything won something. And most everybody that won something won what they really deserved. I mean, Jojo Rabbit winning yeah, Best Screenplay, fantastic, yeah. perfect. Right. That if it had to win one thing, that was it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. And best you know, adapted screenplay. Yeah. You want to give Laura Dern for Marriage Story? OK, great. I'm glad Marriage Story won something. You know, great. That, so that's what, that that's what I meant. That's what I meant by great. parody. I, I, I like that one thing didn't sweep a whole bunch mm-hmm. of awards, although Parasite did win like four things, I think. Yeah. yeah, they got four. So but that's not a lot for the for the top winner. They got yeah. original so. screenplay, best director, best picture and best foreign picture. Best foreign. Yeah. 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 I mean, even the crappy Elton John movie won an award, right? It did? Yeah, best song. Oh, I don't even remember <laughs> what the so other songs funny. were. It's so <laughs> funny that, okay, we are at this point now where they make a biopic of a person, and that person is still alive, and he writes an original song for the movie about his life, and then performs it at the Oscars. Yeah, that's Just bizarre. Like, what? That where bizarre. are we? Where are we? They haven't even made it one for David Bowie. Where is that? Although I'm not sure, I'm not sure I want them to touch that. Well, you know, he did the man who fell to earth. Which David is Bowie awesome. is just so sacred to me. And Eminem performed just to. You know, that yeah, was, yeah. Okay, they should. What's have, the point? They should have put Eminem at the end because he stole the show. All the musical performances afterwards were just like, eh, because like Eminem came out and all the millennials were like, ah! yeah. And then Elton John came out and all the Gen Zers were like, did you see Billie Eilish's face? I don't think she knew who oh, he was. Oh yeah, she well, you know, that was. She's like, who's that? Her, you know, but I do, I do, I did realize because I saw a lot of Billy Eilish's uh, facial expressions. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of them were taken out of context too. Because oh yeah, they do do that. When Eminem was performing, they're like they wrote, "Oh look, Billy Eilish is like kind of like." Because the article was is that a lot oh, of the celebrities was, were like yeah. they were like, "Why is he here? And this is weird." Like, I, I, it's kind of almost like they didn't like him. They didn't want him there. Like Adina Menzel's face was like, "What is this rap thing?" That's what her <laughs> face looked like. And then Billie Eilish was like, "Who's this white guy?" But then, like on when they're when they show clips of other people that are enjoying it, you see Billie Eilish in the background, like dancing, yeah, you know, kind of like dancing in her yeah. seat. And I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, I think a lot of these um, things were taken out of context. That's weird. Except for Idina Menzel, who literally looked like, "What is this rap? Like, what? What is this face? new sensation?" Yeah, it's. it's oh, I think I can work with this. Like, it was just <laughs> really I, weird. I'm glad you brought this up about Billie Eilish because 
for me, I mean, just having watched the highlights, this had to have been the best part of the show, right? Her, her version of yesterday was amazing. Right. And speaking of facial expressions, they should not show her facial expressions. No. She's the worst performer since Joe Cocker in this regard. <laughs> Just don't show her. Her hair was great, but don't don't show her singing. OK, that's terrible. But her version of yesterday was awesome. And it was hilarious because I was speaking with my folks about this the day after. My mother is completely addicted to the Oscars, too. I wonder where I get it. And <laughs> she calls me up and she says, oh, what about that young girl? She's doing the theme song to the next Bond movie, Billy, Billy, what's her name? And it's just like, and, you know, my kids have been talking about this girl for three years yeah. now. <laughs> and it's just my mother, the, the boomer, is just now discovering Billy Eilish. <laughs> the best I, thing to come out of our homeschooling system. I thought one part that was interesting um, is when Adina Menzel came out to sing uh, the Frozen song. Uh-huh. And then mm. they had all the... Not, I don't think it was all of them, but they had uh, a lot of uh, other women who dubbed it who, in other who, languages. Who sings it? Yeah, in their in their own language. Oh, and I don't know cool. that a lot of people know that. Is Disney does this? Is they'll they'll have a film, they'll have a soundtrack because we you know we're, obviously we're in America. We we listen to the American soundtrack. But like if you go to Korea or Japan, China or like um, Germany, they have singers from those countries, like popular singers, sing the song. Oh yeah, and they make a new soundtrack. So I don't know. I don't know that a lot of people knew that. So it's nice to have that kind of recognition that oh, you guys, it's not just the American singers that are having the soundtracks globally. They they, they hire other people. So that was nice to kind of see. And they take this super seriously. Mm-hmm. This yeah. and dubbing. I mean, in Hungary, sometimes they would have movies and they would advertise them as with the actress, you know, doing yeah, yeah. the voiceover on the movie post. They'd be like, good Zita playing Queen Latifah. In, yeah. You know, Taxi <laughs> 2 or whatever it was. Okay, so this year was, the, I believe, the 100th anniversary of the Oscars. Is that right? 100 years. That's a long time. Well, well, shout same, out to the same as the NFL. Same as the very NFL. Strange. This is very <laughs> suspicious. What kind of curated world do we live in? It's a conspiracy. <laughs> Let's, this is our reality check for our audience. Um, so I actually watched it this year. I don't typically watch it. I'll watch the highlights afterwards just because I can't be bothered to sit down for that long a time. But I actually went to an Oscars party this week and it was a lot of fun. Got to dress up and everything. So let's talk about whether or not the Oscars are still relevant. What do you think, Walter? Um, I think I, I can answer this question in one of two ways. One for like the just regular us lay people that aren't in the academy, or or, or are like fully in the less than one percent of the actors' union and directors' union and all that that actually makes movies and whatnot. Um, like for the lay people, I think everyone right now, and I feel like the general population, we're just so cool. Like it's cool not to care about things I think you, you, there, we're always going to have fans of the Oscars fans of the movies and, and like us, like those people are, I think are different but like in terms of just like the average person I think people are just too cool they're like ah, whatever Oscars it's not a big deal um, so I think for them it's probably not as relevant as time passes they're just like whatever I'm, I'm, I'm too cool for this but I think and the other way I'll answer this is for the people that are involved like in the academy and whatnot. I think for them it's always going to be relevant because it's a it's an award given to you by your peers so it's not like it's people that know what you're doing as opposed to like the average fan who doesn't understand what cinematography is or, or, you know, what directors actually do, what actors actually have to do. They just see the finished product. Uh, but for the people, their peers, they know exactly like, oh, this shot. I don't know how you got this shot. This is amazing. And maybe like a handful of people can recognize what these people do. So I think for those people, uh, it's going to be relevant because it's, it's, it's a peer given chosen award. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, that's my kind of two-headed answer there. Yes and no. 
Yeah, uh, I'd say I. Yes and no. <laughs> are are the Oscars still relevant? Yeah, they're still relevant in the same way that Major League Baseball is still relevant. You know, you watch like a big league baseball game nowadays, and you know these. If, if you're not in Boston or or at Wrigley Field, you, maybe thirty percent full. Maybe mm-hmm. you know you look at a Denver game or a Tampa Bay game, maybe ten percent full. <laughs> um, how do they make money? The well, Mar- that's the thing. The that's Marlins. the thing, isn't it? Because it's still loved by a certain core group of people who pay for the big TV, you know, yeah. subscription. Uh, that's where Major League Baseball nowadays is making their money. They're making their money off of, guess what, a smaller and smaller and smaller group of people, right? Like, that's the way professional sports is going. Now, not quite the same with movies. However, I think it is the same with the Academy Awards. And Walter is saying, yeah, people are too cool to care about this. Well, that's part of it. But the other thing is, like Major League Baseball, it's kind of the product of another age, Mm. right? I mean... We don't watch game shows anymore, right? We watch reality shows, right? Yeah. And so the game show, the prize format is kind of tired for young people, right? Just like baseball, you know, it's slow. It's, you know, it's done at night, you know, when they don't want to watch that. They want to watch something else on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so are the Oscars still relevant? Yeah, for those of us who care. Yeah, I still watch the Oscars when I when I do because my friends are into it or because I have seen some of these movies and I'm curious to see what else the Academy has enjoyed. It's nice because it's kind of a way for the mainstream movies for for the cream to rise to the top. Now, I'm sure there's there's always plenty that is missed out on because either marketing or budgets or something like that, but it's just a nice way to hear of movies that you find at that you love. Like for me, um, for example, I watched Jojo Rabbit after um, the Academy's. I had planned on watching it before. My friends and I ended up going to see the Mr. Rogers movie, which was great. Highly recommend <laughs> to, but it is not Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> My friends know who they are. No, I'm still glad I went to see it. Otherwise, I would not have seen it. And Tom Hanks is a delight. So is Matthew Reese. He should have been nominated, I think. That was a, that was a huge miss. Um, but I went to see Jojo Rabbit after I watched the Oscars, and the theater was full. I don't know if it was sold out, but it was full. And it was quite a large theater as well, and I thought, this is great. You know, even after this movie has, you know, had the majority of its screening because of the attention it got at the Oscars, like, people are going to see it, and by, you know, the audience reactions, everybody was enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Everybody. There were kids in there, which was a little bit questionable. I'm like... Really? Like you you bring your child to this movie? I'm not so sure about that. But you know, parents' choice. It's okay, whatever. Um it sounded like the kids are enjoying it too, for the parts that they're supposed to enjoy, I think. Um but yeah, still relevant. I think people that are fans of movies still care about the Oscars and I don't know if that will go away or not. I do agree though that it is um a product of another age. It is something that, you know, we don't us millennials, we don't really watch Jeopardy or what else is out there? See, I don't even know what else is out Wheel there. Wheel of Wheel Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. Well, I mean, any of the award shows. Any, yeah. Any of the award yeah. shows, right? I mean, who cares about the Grammys anymore? I mean, who cares about, I mean, even back in the day, they used to show the Tonys on TV. It's like, can you imagine this nowadays? What's it's, the Tonys? Broadway. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the no, T in EGOT. That's all I know. <laughs> 
Yeah, but and I so mean, it's just award shows are just passe. I mean, it's just they don't, you know, young folks especially don't care. Yeah, I mean, yeah. speaking for millennials, a lot of us are busy trying to turn our hobbies into something lucrative. Yeah, because we're poor and we need to figure <laughs> out a way to be able to buy homes at the prices that boomers set them. So <laughs> just rent. We rent, don't have rent, we don't have time. Yeah, we don't have time for this stuff. Uh, I also think, you know, another uh, contribution or contributing factor to award shows not being as relevant is that people are cutting the cord a lot more. I think millennials yes. aren't don't have regular I couldn't TV. watch this. You couldn't even watch this it. This was right? the yeah. first time since I've been back in the States that I didn't watch it. Yeah. I don't uh, even know how I because, watched it. I just I showed up and it was on the TV. Wow. Yeah, so like if you don't have cable, you, you can't watch it. And so um, people are like, oh, did you see the Emmys? They're like, oh, no, I, I cut cable. And then, oh, I wish I could have watched it. And then the second year, it, it becomes less of a, a problem that you didn't watch. And then third year, you're just like, oh, whatever. Yeah, because none of your friends on. are watching it because they cut yeah. the cable too. Wait, right. so is it were the Oscars available for streaming? I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, I'm they sure were, it was. But it's like Oscars.com, so that'll probably be okay. the same next year. Uh, it was also on the ABC. They didn't put it behind a paywall. Nope. They also think, had it on ABC.com, I think, but that thread was too busy. So oh, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even get on that dang. one. So they weren't ready for it. And uh, supposedly it was on the YouTube channel, but it might have been the pay YouTube, which I refuse to do. Yeah. ABC, no way that's Disney money. They didn't have yeah. enough bandwidth for that? That is I guess shocking. Not. Well, they just oh, weren't ready. Criminal. They probably just weren't ready. Yeah. You know, because again, like that was my only option if I had wanted to watch it. I think we yeah, TiVo'd sorry. it because I remember we would fast forward to commercials and mm. at one point it started, the, the TV started freaking out and they were like, oh, I think we're caught up, <laughs> which means I was like, oh, okay, so we were watching with like maybe a 15 minute lag or something, okay. but because we fast forwarded through the commercials, I was like, okay, we're, I think we're recording this. I'm an old millennial, I think. I don't, not in age. I just don't understand these things. So you're a cusp ex-millennial? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just me being behind. I was born 40, so... I mean, that's the thing that with, with stream, even with streaming, and I, I'm speaking from people my age, how many people are willing to, if they don't have cable, just to be like, oh, I'm going to go to my computer or I'm going <laughs> to hook up my computer to my TV or I'm going to figure out how to stream from my TV the Oscars. Well, live TV is no longer relevant. See, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. Nobody cares. It must see TV doesn't really exist. It, it must TiVo TV. Yeah. Right. And so something like the Oscars, which is so dependent on the live experience, especially nowadays when you can just Twitter about it two seconds later. Yeah. You know, it's just not relevant. So uh, is the hashtag Oscar so white over? Rachel, what do you think? I think I saw it used once this year. So it sounds like it. I mean, there's still cause for using it, but uh-huh. I, I didn't really see much, much of that hashtag the usage. action this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In sheer pragmatic terms, it was way down from the last couple of years, the use of this tag. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, like, okay, here, here's another millennial Gen Z thing for you. As soon as you start seeing mainstream celebrities use it, I mean, forget it. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's done. And, uh, for, for example, one of the most liked uh, tweets I saw this year was from Sarah Spain of ESPN with this hashtag Oscar so white in it. So it's like, yeah, it's dead. It's dead. It went mainstream. <laughs> and so now it's... Yeah. Got to use something else. The movement has been killed. Yeah, It's not grassroots anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's subsumed. It has been assimilated. Yeah, I think, yeah, like, I didn't see the hashtag uh, Oscar So White too much this, this year, but I think it, 
should still be relevant and just in this sense. I mean, the Oscars were pretty white. Yeah. Well, yeah, then that's what I mean is like, okay, so Parasite was nominated for, for Best Film, but yet I don't think any other actors or actresses were nominated, which is usually when uh, a, a picture is nominated for Best Picture, there act- at least one of their actors or actresses are nominated as well, but you don't really see that. Uh, and, and I'm coming from a point of view where uh, I don't like when people push for like, oh, this black actor or black actress or this Latino actor or actress or Asian actor or actress should be nominated. Um, is, is it in place of an, a, a white actor or actress? Are we saying that they did a better job, well, see, a worse yeah. job? And that's what I, I don't, it doesn't sit well with me to do that. But if the Academy felt like, oh, this person should be nominated, then, you know, maybe, maybe it's a voting. I don't know how the Academy votes for these. Like if they only have one vote. Or if they like can write like ten names down, like I don't know what the process is there, but I, I'm kind of yeah. It, it makes me cringe when people are like, "Oh, there's not enough um, actors and actresses of color in there, and they did a great job in this movie." Well, look, somebody always gets stiffed, right? Yeah. Like for example, time. okay, the my one this year was uh, Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes in Dolomite is my name, which mm-hmm. is a great movie on Netflix, and I think the reason why they weren't nominated is because you know Eddie's playing a comedian, okay, not so big a stretch, and. Yeah. The comedian featured in this movie, based on a true story, um, has this very obscure, very dirty kind of joke telling. Mm-hmm. That's not really mainstream. Okay. But the thing is this. These guys were stiffed. Okay. But this year, wow. I mean, the crowd was incredible. I mean, it was just the luck of the draw this year. I mean, there's a lot of great performances mm-hmm. this year. I mean, geez, uh, Anthony Hopkins as uh, Pope Benedict in Two Popes is incredible and would have crushed this field any other year. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, this year, it's just, a, it, this year is an also-ran. This year he was going off at like 20 to 1 odds or something like this in his category. It was just a killer year for acting. Mm-hmm. That's all. I mean, but also note this, too. Again, usually Hollywood is thinking we're voting for our peers, right? So Yeah, because a, that's how they get nominated. It's right. actors voting for actors, right. directors voting for directors. When a movie when a movie that is in a foreign language wins best film, the actors and actresses are rarely nominated. Yeah. Think of The Last Emperor way back in nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight. That was up for every category except the acting ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuff like that. Even Roma. There was no performances nominated for Roma last year either, I well, don't believe. That one I understand why. <laughs> but, but you get what I'm Yalitza saying. Yalitza was yeah. nominated for um, Best Actress. Sorry, who? Yalitza, uh, the lead actress in Roma. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, sorry. No one cares about and, her. And, you know, once in a while, <laughs> like once in a while, you'll wow. get a Julia Binoche in there. You yeah, know, yeah. You'll get a French actress in there. But that's the thing is that I, and, and, you know, maybe some of that, to be fair, maybe some of that is lost in I don't know how much acting she's doing because I don't get the language. Yeah. I don't get the subtleties of what she's saying or how she's saying it. Okay, fair enough. But I don't know. I don't think... I, Oscar's too white this year. Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, what do you want? Green Book winning Best Picture again? <laughs> when you, if you saw Steve Martin and Chris Rock, they pointed out, like, how... Cynthia. Cynthia. Erivo, how, you know, like, Chris Rock was saying, like, how she's the only... Um, black person like that's yeah. nominated so i think he pointed it out he did it he, he did his job he took his he took a nice couple jabs at the whole thing um but yeah but i think people i don't know my, my sense is that the sense i feel i get is that they just want to move on like it's like hey it's not like one person is voting and saying like hey guys let's just make it all white you know everyone's voting and you vote how you feel and i think they just want to move on 
I, I want to move on, but I'm also glad that people are complaining so that maybe people that didn't get recognition will get recognition in the future. So I'm kind of, you know, straddling both sides, I guess. Yeah, I'm kind of on both sides specifically because the awards is not where you pick your fight. You pick your fight with the pre-production part of the process. You pick your fight with what is getting greenlit. You pick your fight with what is getting red. Mm -hmm. You pick your fight with whom you're supporting in the process of like nurturing screenwriters and everything. I'm glad we have like inclusion writers now because it gives people a chance. But that is kind of where the battleground really is. Not where, you know, ah, oh, the movie's been made. Now like what have we got to choose from? You have what you have to choose from because of the systems in place and if the systems in place are not beneficial to inclusion you know that's that's the problem not you know the end of the day when everybody's chosen already mm -hmm. so R i think right. people are starting to understand that and it's not easy to get angry about it because it's harder for people to understand that the fight starts in the beginning of the day when the projects are getting greenlit. And that's so much harder for people to understand that are not in the industry because they don't understand how the process works. And that's so much less accessible for outrage culture. Right, no matter how you feel or no matter what tack the Academy takes in making these nominations, they are a reflection of what has come out the previous year, mm -hmm. okay? I also don't think, for example, that Hollywood likes giving Netflix these nominations and No, awards. I was watching that the whole time. <laughs> I was like, they, ah, what's Netflix going to sweep? But see, the thing is, they do because Netflix is a presence in the movie industry mm -hmm. and that's the thing. The reason why, well, okay, somebody like Greta Gerwig, they'd love to nominate her for Best Director. They would, but her movie just wasn't that good. I mean, Little Women, just you're comparing this to other little women. It just wasn't that good. She wasn't that good at it. Now, Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman has a case. You know, I'm still beating that dead horse. <laughs> okay. But again, sometimes people get stiffed. The thing is, you look at these, you look at these awards, just take Best Actor, for instance. You got Banderas, you got DiCaprio, you got Adam Driver, who everybody liked a lot. You got Joaquin Phoenix and Jonathan Price and the two popes. I mean, who are you going to bump for that? Are, are these people getting nominated just because they're white or? I guess Antonio, we wouldn't call him white per se. But I mean, are these people getting nominated just because they're white? No, it's because they had the best roles. And since it's a white boys club in Hollywood, mm. hey, most of the good roles go to white people. But geez, Denzel Washington never got suffered, never suffered any lack of nominations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he's even won a couple. You know, it's just like you get the parts. You get nominated, you win. Yeah. You know, but you're not getting the parts. So Rachel is 100% dead on. Oh, okay, great. I'm glad I get to ask this one. All right. So, question. Does the historic win for Parasite change anything? Uh, big scale, small scale, medium term, long term? Uh, okay, Rachel, I'll go to you first. What do you that think? That is a broad question. Isn't it? Does it change anything? Yeah, yeah, it changes everybody's career, anybody that was working on Parasite, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, I already knew about uh, Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> I watched Parasite last night with some of my friends, one friend being Korean, and my other friend absolutely butchered his name. So she was <laughs> like, did I say that? Or he was like, no. Um <laughs> But I knew about Bong Joon-ho's work because of uh, Snowpiercer, which I'd seen before. And oh, yeah. um, apparently 
I watched it because my brother showed it to me, but apparently it was because of Harvey Weinstein that it wasn't a wide release. He did something to sabotage his movie, and like he didn't get the wide theatrical release that most mainstream movies get. Um, That's a very interesting movie. That's a really surreal. Yeah, yeah. That was that was something else. I I just remember the plot twist at the end and being very like confused. Um, Yeah, but uh, yeah, everybody that worked on Parasite, their careers are changed forever. I think. Um, I think it was. I have I have so many questions. I was surprised that the I, I understand that there was a ton of press for Parasite, um, and I think it was well deserved press. And I think that Academy members may have like you know dug through their pile of streamers and been like, okay, I've heard about this one the most. Maybe I'll check it out. But then again, you know my news feed is curated to me, so of course I'm going to see all the news about Parasite. So I don't know what the standard. Um, white person sees in their newsfeed. So maybe I'm just surprised it got enough votes to win Best Picture. I didn't think, I thought, you know, it'll probably go to Joker or Once Upon a Time because this is Tarantino's last, supposedly, last movie. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised for the win. Like everyone at um, the Oscar party that I was at was rooting for Parasite and it was very loud. It was like the Oscars are basically our Super Bowl for my friend group because we don't really watch the Super Bowl. So. We, we got very loud when they announced it. It is. It is. It's the Super Bowl for movie fans. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. really is. So, yeah, I think I think it does change things for them. Absolutely. And now people know. If you didn't know who Bong Joon-ho was before, now you do. Like, I agree with uh, you, Rachel, about how it changes pe- things for people that were involved in yeah. Parasite. Uh, like, mainly the director. I don't know that the cast will reap any benefits from it. Because, uh, I don't know if you guys know, in Korea, TV's king. It's not feature films. Mm. Um, so I know, uh, I knew all the actors, not personally, but I knew all the actors in Parasite because of TV. Because mm-hmm. uh, like I said, TV is king in Korea. Uh, feature films is just like, you know, it's, it's, it's respectable, it's respected and all that, but it's just not as uh, immensely popular as, as Korean dramas are. And so all the actors uh, in there, the one actor that mainly does um, movies is the, uh, the father, the, the poor, I don't know how to describe it, the poor father, not the, not the rich father. The poor father mainly does movies, but everyone else, they all do TV. So they're all signing, like, they're all signing on to other TV shows, like new TV shows. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Korea TV shows are one season. Mm-hmm. So they're just sign, they're all signing on. So for them, yeah, they're, they're working. I don't know that they're ever going to work in America. Um, the, the poor father maybe, just because he was the lead, the lead, but I don't see them working uh, here. I you got to speak English. Yeah, you got to speak, yeah, speak English. No, English is, is key. And especially because of the, the Korean accent, uh, one speaking English, is just looked down on. They're mm-hmm. just, it's just not going to fly. Yeah. It's not going to fly. It's unless, not like a unless you get or... the thing coming down the pipeline about the Korean War or about you know a Korean character, you know, Green Book for Koreans. Yeah. And you it'll know, be, until it'll that be them happens. in a flashback, right. though. Yeah. They won't be... It just doesn't go well. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it's it's not like the the Latin accent where the Latin accent is acceptable. It's yeah. accepted. It's like yeah. oh, that's sexy. Mm-hmm. Until that day comes. Well, those characters exist, right? Yeah. You have the the pool guy in Seinfeld, right? You have the guy with the Mexican accent. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. And so, so and, and, that you know, character exists. It's just with the with the, with Asians, it, it just it's looked down on. Mm-hmm. So I just don't see them working here. But for the director, he could totally work here because I mean, what's his name? Uh, Ang Lee. Yeah, 
he had he directed movies. <laughs> and, uh, John Woo. He, his English wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. John and then John Woo, and then he left because he to see this he realized Hollywood sucks. Yep. <laughs> and then he started um, making movies with no name actors, which that doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like with this with this win, I mean, will another because it's the first foreign film to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. The, I don't know that's going to open the door for other foreign films to win Best Picture. But I and I don't know that this is going to um, open doors for people to be like, oh, I'm going to watch all these Korean movies now. Um, I think for a handful of people or a percentage of a handful, they're gonna they're gonna do that. They're gonna check out other Korean movies because they're gonna ask their friends, "Hey, what other Korean movies are good?" So it does kind of open the door in that sense. Yeah, I know people opinion. in my generation are passing around like this has been going viral on Twitter articles about people that you know for millennials to say, "Hey, did you like Parasite? Here are the other Korean movies I've always loved and that yeah. you will like that are accessible to Americans or Western people yeah. with subtitles." So I think like for that, uh, for that, it, people are gonna be they're gonna be like more open to uh, watching Korean movies. Um, but I think, like, I watch movies from different countries sometimes. Um, and I noticed there, there's a reason why Hollywood, for better or for worse, we, we do lead globally in, in terms of movies because we've done storytelling in movies for so long. We figured out, okay, this, this is the correct formula. Although you're going to f- have outliers that be like, oh, I'm not going to follow the formula and my movie's going to work. And it rarely ever does. Every so often you do get... Uh, an anomaly that does work but in other countries because they're learning how to s- tell stories the movies aren't you're like wait where is this scene coming from it's out of nowhere and i think a lot of korean cinema before was like that where you had the best writers wrote tv in, in korea and then so you had these movies you're like the storytelling you're like whoa where what like you started this way and then you went this way but i think now um just with the accessibility and i think people uh, especially, and it came out when um, I'm gonna say the name wrong. Bong Joon Bong Joon Ho, when he won uh, Best Director, how he said he mentioned all the directors, how you guys are all my like, he gave idols. the best yeah director speech I've seen, and you can really <laughs> sense that he studied. Yes, he he. It wasn't just like I'm a great storyteller. I'm gonna tell my story. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a film and do it my way. It's like you know he this guy studied, and I could tell that from his speech. He studied. Scorsese, he studied how to tell stories, and so in the movie, in his movie, and even in Snowpiercer, there's there's storytelling, mm-hmm. and it, it, he doesn't go off track. One of the best comments this uh, this actress made about why she chose uh, to star in When the Chameleon Blooms, which is on Netflix, she said, "I read the script, and there were no wasted scenes," mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. thought that's indicative of a lot of Korean scripts. Yeah. Is that there's wasted scenes because people think I can do what I want, mm-hmm. uh, and it could be other pressures too, like producer pressures to to add scenes that don't make any sense. I also read it's like a cultural thing. We just think we'll shoot everything and figure out how to cut it later. Yeah, and that that becomes problematic too. Mm-hmm. But uh, but like yeah, and when the camellia blooms, um, yeah, there are no wasted scenes, and I think in Parasite too, there's really no wasted scenes. Snowpiercer, there's nothing wasted. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Snowpiercer, you have no time because they're just <laughs> yeah 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 that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does portray that sense of motion very well. The yeah, Snowpiercer. yeah, yeah. You really yeah. felt like you're. On that train, there are problems with the plot, but you really have to take that one as sort of a magical yeah. fantasy world kind of thing. Obviously, he wrote the damn thing while he was on a bullet train. Obviously, he came up with the idea when he was on a bullet train. Because yeah, I did struggle with some of the plot things. But yeah, that's okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a you have to like take some leaps of faith there in that yeah, movie. Absolutely. But it, as a film, it's excellent. Because yeah, so. I was questioning why he didn't put his Captain America uniform on. But whatever, that's not <laughs> um, a big actually. Deal. Actually, I'd like to uh, address this question. If this yeah. were a political debate, I'd be going, well, uh, I was evoked, so can I, can I respond when uh, the normal white person was evoked uh, a little while ago? So speaking as the normal white person, 
in my feed, um, what I find is that um, you could sense that it had a shot, right? That this movie had a shot. Nice. I'm glad to because, hear that. Because the, the one thing that you can really look at is the bookmakers. Look mm-hmm. at the odds. This thing got up to like five to one, I think. Wow. Now, now, 1917 was still odds on favor. It was like one to four or something like that. So uh, it wasn't paying out very well. So mm-hmm. they, still, they were still fooled by this one. And also, you have to remember that, look, the truth is, um, once upon a t- time in Hollywood, peaked too early, right? Yes. Joker peaked too early. I agree. In their popularity. And Ford versus Ferrari was lucky to be there. Um, <laughs> Little Women was the token, you know, British film uh, nomination, even though it's not a British film, it's set in British times. Um, so... Th- it had everything going for it. Again, it's kind of like an election in that respect, right? The momentum was on the side of Parasite going into the actual vote. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not too surprising. However, it, it, the basic question, um, does it change anything? You know, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Um, we may not have had a foreign film win Best Picture, but we've had some very hyped foreign films, including some from Asia, like Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. If you remember that one. That, that was, was so long ago. That though. was huge. Uh, Joy, Joy Luck Club, which was some in English, some in other also languages. Also so long ago. That was huge, right? Again, uh, Last Emperor, 80s, so long ago. Um, but I don't there even are, remember that one. There are, some, there are some others uh, that have been big. But look, here's the thing. In the last 10 years, nine out of the last 10 winners of Best Director have been foreigners. The 10th was the director of, I forget, but he is, he's a French-American citizen. So his dad is French, right? And Walter was talking before about Americans. We know how to make movies. That may be so, but I think we've forgotten how to make films. Mm, The thing is, Hollywood has been telling us this for years. They've been admitting to themselves. I mean, geez, you can go back to the 90s with uh, Danny Boyle winning for Slumdog Millionaire, or the early 2000s, I should say. You know, Irishman. Um, since then, it's been Mexican guys. Ang Lee has gotten a couple. Um, you know, Inaratu won back-to-back. Um, who else do we have? Uh, of course, Alfonso Cuaron. Um, Guillermo del Toro. I mean... These guys are making films. And you also notice that none of these films are franchise movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to go back to Peter Jackson for a foreigner making a franchise movie, winning Best Director. Mm-hmm. That was a great three years. Again, they are telling us that Americans have forgotten how to make really good films. We can make movies, we just can't make films. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I don't think that this thing changes anything. I mean, the message has been there for a long time. I mean, again, I think this was all about momentum. If, if Tarantino had released his film a month or two later, he would have won. Because it's like, well, I'm going soon. You better nominate me now. <laughs> you yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> if, Scorsese, if Scorsese had put an edit on The Irishman, he might have won. What do you mean by edit? Do you think it was too long? Yes. Dude, even people people who love this film admit it's too long. No, it's true. It was too freaking long. That's always the first thing I hear about it. Oh, my God. It's pretty good. It was oh. long, though. It's a real shame, too, about The Irishman. If people yeah. were like properly critical about that, they'd dig a lot harder into that editing thing because the last five minutes of this film, incredible things happen. Mm-hmm. And by then, everybody's so friggin' tuned out, they're not even... They're not even realizing what's going on. You're just like fatigued. But it's, like, yeah, oh, but it's like the end of the movie is the most important part of the whole damn thing. Plus, 
only when De Niro is in the present day of the story, only when he's telling, is he doing an acting job? The rest of the time, he's sleepwalking through this part, which I really hated. Well, I think it's also the, the, the CGI. I yeah. Was, I was really annoyed that yeah. they CGI'd them younger, but they still walked around like old men. Yeah. Like, I well, was the like, curb stomp scene he's is shuffling embarrassing. Around. <laughs> All of it is. Okay, so this is a question that's always brought up after, you know, the credits start rolling. Who should have won Best Picture? Let's go with uh, Oz. Okay, great. I've been thinking about this one a long time. And it depends on what you mean by should. Okay? If you go by the formula, in other words, by the book, what should have won Best uh, Picture, obviously that's 1917, right? Hollywood loves the epic, uh, loves the good war, Loves any movie where the Germans are the bad guys, right? <laughs> British actors. We love British actors. Oh, yeah. And, by the way, I may not get a chance to say this later, but Benedict Cumberbatch. Excellent cameo. Love the cameo in that <laughs> movie. All right. So that should have won by the book, okay? One thing that I always like to do is pick out the zeitgeist film of the year, okay? The film that best represents the year that it's shot in. Not that it's played in. But the other shot in. And for my money, that film this year was The Joker. Okay? So if, if Hollywood was honest with itself, which it never is, I think it would have given the best picture to Joker, just like it should have given best picture to Three Billboards a couple of years ago. Um, the uh, Social Network was another film that probably should have won best picture for being zeitgeist. Um, Maybe that should just be a new award. Yeah, it should be. Like, <laughs> like, like not best film, but film of the year. Yeah. You know, like film that symbolized the year yeah. the best. Um, but in Hear my, that, Academy? But <laughs> in case you're listening. Because we know they're listening. Uh, <laughs> but, for, but for my money, and I know it's a controversial pick, my favorite was Jojo Rabbit. And, and I can see why a lot of people would be unable to watch this movie. Uh, you know, I mean, even if you're grandparents of somebody who was, who was affected by the Holocaust, who was killed in the Holocaust, you have a tough time with a movie where Hitler is played for laughs. However, as someone who doesn't have that connection to history, I thought that this film was the best film of the year that encapsulated a classic Hollywood movie theme, coming of age, mm -hmm. right? We love coming of age movies. These movies always get nominated for Oscars when they're good. My Life is a Dog. Um, again, like foreign films. Hope and Glory was a big deal that year. Stand By Me was a e. great. E.T. Sure. Um, even Lady Bird, right? Great coming of age story, right? With a fresh take on, you know, a historical icon. I mean, let's face it, right? I mean, this. And so for that reason, I thought Jojo Rabbit should have won. Uh, it's just this combination of classic idea and new storytelling. And I'm glad he won Best Script for the movie. I have a question for you later, but let's go to Walter. <laughs> um, should Paris, or who should have won Best Picture? Uh, okay, so I liked Parasite, but I didn't like love Parasite. I just thought, it's not my kind of movie. Do you no, mean my kind of not my kind of movie, as in not enough color or no, no, it's no. thrillery um, and a little too not my kind of movie in the sense no one fell in love with anybody. Okay, there was, okay, <laughs> really? There was no love story. There wasn't the awe moment. Yeah, well, um, the student, right? Yeah, I mean, who was a minor, by that, the way? That was that was more like a a lustful situation. Um, and uh, she was fifteen, which you know, which which just which, which did to me shed light. 
on, on, a, on those kind of situations, which I imagine happens more often than not uh, in, in Korea. Um, but I saw most of everything on the best picture except for uh, Joker and Little Women. I almost saw Little Women, but I got this awesome email that allowed me not to watch Little Women. Uh, <laughs> And so, but like for me, Little Women, I, I like Greta Gerwig as an actress, but like Little Women is, um, I feel like it was done like 20 times. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I feel like I've seen it like yeah. 15 times. Yeah. Um, Ford versus Ferrari, it made me not like Ford, which I don't know if that was the intention. Yeah. Fix that was your repair great. daily. Yeah, I just it just made me not like that him at all. That was great. I and I, I love I love Josh Lucas. I, I, I really, I'm a fan of his. And um, I thought he he played the the evil guy really well because he was he was so charming. Um, I, well, I didn't see Marriage Story either, um, but like in uh, Jojo Rabbit, I knew nothing of what it was about. I had no idea. Honestly, I thought it was a kids movie because it had rabbit and then Jojo in the title. I had no idea what it was about. Going, man, in. those parents must have been so fooled when they're like Seriously. when they saw the first bodies. They're like, ooh, this might have <laughs> been. Yeah. Oh, what else is showing right now? Nothing. Oh no. And then when <laughs> you when you read the director's name, you know Taika Waititi. It's like, oh, he did yeah, Ragnarok. This guy, yeah. this guy is totally fun. Like whatever, you know. <laughs> of course. It, and I'm then, gonna take my three-year-old yeah. to go see Jojo Rabbit. I, I um, and I remember I had just watched Jojo Rabbit after I watched 1917, and I was like, "What is with the war theme? Like, what is wow. all these war movies?" And but then I was like, I was pleasantly surprised by Jojo Rabbit. I thought it was so fun. And then of course, as I'm getting towards the end of the movie, the critical side of me was coming through, and I was like, "You know what? He could have pushed the satire a lot more to make it more fun." But it was fine, you know. The, but it's the way not it a was. satire. It's not a satire. That's the thing. It wasn't supposed to be. It was just a kid growing up with an imaginary friend, and he just happened to be in Nazi Germany. We need a that was the point. section. I kind of that disagree. I think it was a satire. Wow. Um, yeah. Interesting. Just, I mean, especially with the Hitler character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted, it was his imagination. Yeah. But it was just, you know, um, was very, there's times I but, thought this was very, okay, you know. Look, couldn't you? <laughs> Not to get too heavy, but couldn't you do that nowadays with a little kid who's idolizing Trump and who's wearing like the MAGA cap and, uh-huh. you know, he's got like the Trump tie on it. Couldn't you do that same film nowadays? Sure. And yeah, Trump yeah. is just like this lovable, like, you know, talking to him about girls and stuff. Ooh, who would yeah. you cast? Him, Trump. The thing is, is, is half the he people would, would, would find that as a great coming of age story. And the other half would be like, oh, this is completely satirical. Yeah, there's not enough satire, yeah. right? <laughs> and so it, it, it becomes, you know, so for me, like, I, I have no problem that Parasite won. Um, but like I said, it wasn't for me. That movie is not for me. Like the, the whole, it was just, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm older now. It was just too much. Like the, hmm. uh, it was a, too much was of a roller coaster. Inten- yeah, it was too intense. Your like, inner ear got the, to you. The violence. I was just like, oh, you know, this it's not for me. You know what it reminded me of more than anything was like one of these um, '80s European movies. You know, because that this sort of plot line would be in a movie in Germany in 1982. This this would be a theme from that movie. And that's what it really reminded me of. You know, the early films of Tom Twyker. It reminded me of that That's what you meant stuff. by European films. I thought you were talking about European Vacation. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, other films with subtitles. Oh, actually. okay. Uh, yeah, so for me, I mean, I'm okay that Parasite won. Um, if 1917 won, I would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, if Irishman won, I would be like, oh, nah. If Once in a time, Upon a Time in Hollywood won, I would be like, oh. But, like, but with Parasite won, maybe it's because I'm Korean and I'm biased. I thought it was great that they won. Because, um, I mean, I, 
Story-wise, production-wise, directing, acting, it was all great. It just the movie itself wasn't wasn't for me. Um, but I can rec- I recognize that it, it was a good, decent movie. Um, but I would have been fine. I would have been also if Jojo Rabbit won. I would have been fine with that too. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I didn't know anything about it. I, I just sat down, and that was it. And so um, when we when, we're, when I was watching a lot of these movies, I didn't read anything. I purposely didn't read anything about him. And so um, I knew 1917 was shot in one in one take or one shot however you want to well it's meant that. to look like that but it's not yeah um and i saw kind yeah, of you like can kind of tell you can kind of tell when they cut i was like oh i bet that's because yeah, I, I was yeah. a part of a movie that <laughs> we'll talk to, about that because i was a part of a movie that tried to do that one the one shot thing and a lot of it was a director uh, of why it didn't work but it, it's tough it, it's, it's a tough thing because you've got to go over every little thing and i don't know but i was just i, I to me 1917 was Oh hey guys, this is one take, and that was the allure. Because mm-hmm. everything else, I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you can't just drink milk from a cow. Like you have to pasteurize it. I don't know. I was just thinking all these things. Um, but yeah, no, I, I was fine with um, who won Best Picture. <laughs> Your milk comment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like we need a section on Jojo Rabbit. There's a lot to talk about there because I really wanted to ask you guys. Like, it was not popular among the critics. And part of me is thinking that it's because the genre was kind of hard to pinpoint because I was reading some of these critical reviews and I was like, oh, okay, so this person liked the movie for what it, like if they had accepted the movie for what it was, they would have been like, ah, yeah, this is great. But they were trying to pigeonhole it into one genre or another, something that it totally wasn't. Well, I mean, that's pretty easy. It's coming of age. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the I mean look they had I mean an education there was another one this was a British film nominated for best film coming of age story this happens all the time I, see and and that's that's why I think it didn't it can't get the critical recognition it deserves right because it is an easy to define story you just don't want to admit it because it has Hitler doing funny stuff you don't just want to say it's a coming of age story period but it is that's for me again. That's what was great about that movie. It was mm-hmm. just in this bizarre time period, you know, where where this would happen. But I mean, it's got all the other elements. You know, it's got the heroes that he looks up to. You know, the guys at the police station, and you know, he loves his country, and and you know, he has fears about Jewish people and stuff. And this is all like normal kid stuff, right? Mm-hmm. To have fears of the unknown, to have heroes, to to you know, to fall in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's, that's the best part of the movie. I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, the speech is key, yeah. right? Where she says to him, she says, "You're not a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're a kid who likes to play dress up." Mm-hmm. That was the point. And if the critics had listened to that, and again, I know that there's a lot of folks who can't get around this movie. Okay, but if those who could had heard that speech for what it was, they'd get it. Mm-hmm. They yeah. get it. It's no different than Stand by Me. This movie, mm-hmm. it's not. It's just. Where it's set. I, I just want to point out, and I, I've, always, I've always said this, um, is that the way to get around casting, um, not having to cast minorities or people of color is to put set your movie uh, in a long time ago. And so if you look at all the nominees for Best Picture, uh, there are no yellow people in any of these movies except for Once Upon a Time in, China, in Hollywood where they kind, <laughs> of, you know, kind of criticize Bruce. Um, the only movie is Parasite. And Parasite won, so that's kind of cool. Because <laughs> all these movies are old. Like 1917 had no yellow people. Irishman had no yellow people. Four vs. Ferrari had no yellow people. 
Uh, I didn't see Joker, Little Woman, but I'm assuming they had no yellow people in it. Marriage Story, maybe, you know, there was... Well, a- most of these films don't even have minority folks. Yeah. And Joker had a few minority parts, and but so not the major And so the fact parts. that Parasite won, to me, I think it's, it's even uh, grander that, uh, you know, they did. Because, yeah, I mean, uh, white filmmakers, if you want to not have to cast people of color, just set your movie in like the... 50s or 40s, <laughs> and then you're, you're good. But I, yeah, I, but then I you but then you out. get Green Book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, I I realize I haven't answered the question. Um, I thought that Parasite was an appropriate choice. I think it was for for me. If anything other than Parasite or Jojo Rabbit had won, I would have been like, boo. Hmm. <laughs> um, I watched most of these movies. I did see Marriage Story. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by that from the trailers and the snippets that I'd seen. I was like, man, this is going to be a drag. But it moves. This movie moves. Um, I am a fan of Noah Baumbach, so I may be biased, but I I thought the writing was solid and the acting was great. So are the Oscars in incline or decline, Rachel? Decline. People are cutting their cables. I mean, the, the hardcore fans will keep watching, but decline, I think. Yep, decline, except for those who care. And that's okay. Yeah, I agree. I think... Um, it's arbitrary anyway. Yeah, and <laughs> if, if, they co- if they keep going on with these, this nonsense of no hosts, I think the show itself will just be in decline. If they yeah, keep doing Parasite this. won Best Picture. Yeah, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for laughing at my joke, guys. <laughs> this has been the MacGuffin Report. With Rachel Wong, Oz Davis, Walter Hong. Produced by Inclusive Medium.